I am life and leadership coach, Tara Keach, and this is the Inspired Leaders Podcast, where you learn how to lead an inspired life so you can inspire those you lead. Today's episode is a part of our super special series where we are highlighting our Inspired Leader Award winners. I am so excited to bring you the real life stories of these real life all-star leaders who are in the world, making it a better place every single day. You're going to hear their stories, gain the advantage of the lessons that they've learned along the way, and listen as they speak directly to you. They are sharing the advice that they want you to know. This is the inspiration and insight that you won't hear anywhere else. I hope you get as much richness and enjoyment from it as I did. Catherine, I'm so excited you're part of this summit. Thank you. I have long admired you. Oh, (laughs) thank you. The role that you have, not just in the work that you're doing at the university, but in our community and with all of those that you've led across the years. So it is, it's an honor to have you here. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate that so much. This is an honor to be here. So thank you. Would you share with the audience a little bit about like how you got here, where you sit, what you love about what you do? Sure. I mean, I, how long do we have? <laughs> um, as long as you want. I'm, I'm honestly funny enough. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and I'm nowhere near where I thought I would be. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably a story that a lot of people um, share. Um, you know, I, I graduated college and, and had an undergraduate degree in English literature and you know went to graduate school and and also uh, finished a master's in English literature and thought I would be this really cool editor in Chicago or New York and and somehow I found my way to to higher education and um, you know I kind of think it was really a a calling that I just uh, realized now that I had and it's it's definitely service it's a service leadership calling um, you know, I think it's important in, in my world that I um, have meaningful relationships, that I have a meaningful impact. And I have found and I've been so lucky to find a course of, of um, career path that has led me there. So I, I just saying that I started at a community college and I was teaching, I was teaching a composition and I started advising students on earning an associate's degree and transfer to a four year institution. And from there I started as, um, and then from there I went to another university as an advisor. And then I, I kind of discovered as much as I loved working one-on-one with students, what I really loved more than anything was developing the programming that supported student success. And then really just mentoring, um, you know, the, the people who actually were in the trenches doing that difficult work. And so I was at um, the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, where I was an associate director in a very large advising office and worked with training um, paraprofessionals and new professionals in the field. And, and just it really was it fit a niche for me. And so my work at South has really been cultivating an advising center and developing and training staff to support student success and access. And, um, you know, it's a mission that we have, and, and I'm lucky enough to have hired some really fantastic people who share that mission. So, um, you know, that's kind of a, in a nutshell, 
a 20 year career in um, student success access and then um, you know leadership uh, and leadership roles. Um, I'm now the senior director um, for the advising and transfer services office at South Alabama and I just couldn't uh, couldn't love it more. It's a very mission driven position and uh, a very important role that we have in our community. So it's very fulfilling and um, I love it. Love that you love it, and I love seeing your face. And for those of you who are just listening, she's lighting up when she talks about service. So, why <laughs> is that so important to you? I, why is helping these students in this way so relevant in in your personal mission and your personal life? It's it, that's an interesting question because I think that. Um, you know, reflection now has provided me a lot of insight that I probably didn't have many years ago. And, and of course, we'll all say that. But um, I was asked to speak at an induction ceremony at Bishop State Community College a few months ago. And I, um, I was trying to figure out what could I convey, um, you know, to this student group to talk about success and why, um, you know, why this mattered, why credentials matter, um, you know, why it matters in the community and the impact that that makes. And so I, I think that really my, my story, you know, goes back to my grandmother and why it's so important to me. My grandmother um, in 1933 earned an associate's degree so she could teach um, how she was able to do that from a rural farm in Kentucky is pretty phenomenal. And there's a great story there if anyone wants to know it. Um, but what she did by earning that degree in 1933, when first of all, women didn't do it. And secondly, you certainly didn't do it in rural Kentucky. And she actually had to, um, you know, find a high school because where she lived, they didn't even have school past, uh, you know, fifth or sixth grade. Um, but what she did by earning that degree, she certainly changed her life. But the truth of the matter is she changed generations. She changed my father's life and she changed my life and, and my brother's as well. And, and that's really why it's so important in this community. What we're doing is, is, is providing an education for um, you know, a, young, a young person in this community to, to benefit the community, but we're, we're helping them change their future and their future generations. And I think that that is um, pretty powerful. It is totally powerful. And yes, I want to hear your grandmother's story. <laughs> so, and and creating like the opportunity for you to realize your vision like she could never have even probably imagined that right yeah and I laugh uh you know in in some way because um you know a lot of people don't even know what I do it's really hard to explain when you say will you direct advising um you know I, I I wouldn't even she understood school teaching she was a school teacher um so she she understood that now you know um but I, I can pretty much convey easily, I think, that we take students from start and we, we make sure that they are successful at every opportunity, but we also help them learn the skills they need to, um, to really surpass, um, you know, get around roadblocks, but surpass expectations. And so, um, you know, that's, that's pretty fun to do. It's pretty fun to do. And I think we're at such a ripe time culturally and societally where it is time to break past some of those, those barriers and the assumptions and this, the status quo, right? Like Absolutely. This is, I love that you're doing that, Catherine. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank um, you. I also wanted to go back to something you said at the very beginning that I know that when I talk with clients, especially clients who are mid-career, um, they look back on and it's not where they thought they would be and they don't quite recognize themselves anymore. Can you share with them 
what advice you would give them in that moment if, if something isn't quite what they thought it would be, or maybe they feel a little lost or disconnected from themselves, how, how you were able to pivot into what you've now identified as your calling um, and what you would encourage them or advise them to do. Well, I would say, I always think back to, I, when I graduated from um, Ole Miss and I only referenced that because the graduation speaker I had that year was John Grisham. And John Grisham said in the shortest graduation speech ever at the University of Mississippi, he said um, that you should never have just one career. You should always aspire to do anything and everything that's out there that is of interest to you. And I really took that to heart. And although I've been in higher education for 20 plus years, I have um, I have really taken my temperature of when I am feeling um and, and I hate to use the word complacent. Complacent can be used and viewed in a, in a negative way. And I'm not viewing that in a negative way. Um, but when you see yourself, you're not moving forward, I think it's time to assess what you need and what, what will help you, um, you know, uh, create your own, um, you know, really just create your own value and worth in what you're doing. When I first started as an advisor, um, an advisor one, I, I was there about four years and, you know, meeting with students every day, you know, 12 student appointments a day, that was very difficult for me. That is not kind of who I am. I'm also an incredibly introverted person. So I've had to, to learn how to be an extrovert in, 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 a, in a very extroverted world too. Um, but you know what I what I found out is is I needed to find a little more balance and I needed to to create opportunities for myself. So I needed to figure out what would be projects or programs that would really be fulfilling for me. And lucky enough, I worked for someone who kind of just let me do what I wanted to do as long as there was no harm done in in the creating of the those programs or or. Um, um, you know experiences. Um, and so I learned a lot about myself. Um, you know, when you do that, I'm also pretty self-motivating. Um, and and in, in my work, you have to be very self-motivating. You, you don't get a lot of thank yous. Um, you usually get, there's a problem. You know, you have to fix this. There's a problem or you didn't do this or this, you know, went wrong. Um, so I learned very early on, you know, that I have to be very self-motivating. I have to find, I have to, to leave every day at the end of every day. Uh, and I have to feel good um, for something that occurred that day. You know, something that either I said that was good, I, I worked with a student that um, it ended up being great, um, you know, something needed to happen there. And anytime I've ever pivoted also, I was ready for the next opportunity. Um, and so I just kind of always was willing to do that. And I also was willing to, to go for those opportunities. Um, you know, if if I needed to to have more leadership responsibility in the campus I was currently employed at was not providing me that, then I I had to be brave enough to find those opportunities um, so that I could have those experiences. And I I was lucky enough to have the support of friends and family that would would allow me to do that. Uh, you know, my career has spanned five universities in a community college. Um, you know, in, in in higher education, oftentimes you can't have um, you know, that type of career at one institution, you do have to be um, willing to be mobile. And I was willing to do that. Um, 
where I am now, you know, I always, I, I think I was telling you this earlier. I had like this, I can sometimes have this seven year itch where I'm like, Oh, I've been here too long. I need totally. to do, I need to do something else. Right. I need a new challenge. And what's been really great about the experience that I've had over the last seven years at South, um, I've been able to really create some, some really great challenges for myself that have kept me um, very motivated to stay and persist and build the, uh, you know, build this position, um, you know, and, and have these experiences and, and stay in this community. Um, I really enjoy this community too. So, I mean, short story long, I would say, um, you know, that you have to just take your pulse and at points of where you feel that you aren't moving forward, if you are staying where you are, you have to have action, right? You have to create and figure out what it is that's going to, to help you, um, you know, be that motivated person. Um, and, and sometimes it's not where you are and it's another opportunity and to not be afraid to do that. The, my, my biggest growth has been through um, the biggest changes that I've made in my life. Oh my God. I feel like that's such a nugget. You could probably write a whole book about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> a couple of things that I saw in that story that I, I just want to like show back to you and let, make sure our audience caught because it was golden, right? Like you were willing to take responsibility for creating the result that you wanted of a fulfilling career. You were paying attention to the signs that you had and you made the move for reasons that you liked. It didn't, like you weren't being vengeful, like you wanted more, you wanted deeper, you wanted different experiences. And I think we all have that opportunity to be reactive when things are hard, right? But making intentional moves on purpose is such a more, it's, it's such a much more powerful perspective. It gives you much more satisfaction in the long run, it sounds like incredible amounts of satisfaction. I mean, let's, you know, if anything's during this pandemic has, has taught me, I, I am definitely a proactive person. I, I do not exist well in a reactive environment. Um, and that, that is, that really has played out in the office environment that, that, it, that, that is in my unit. Um, you know, it's a very cr creative, proactive place. Um, and, and I've also learned, you know, you, you've got to be adaptable, um, you know, and, and, you know, this is all about building your network. I mean, I, I've done this and now have 20 years of experiences, but I also have 20 years of people who have been supportive of me, um, who I can call at any moment and, and would get not just a great recommendation, but, you know, a, a friend who, you know, we could share stories and, and ideas with. I mean, that's a creative community. Um, and that's also really important too, as, as you think about, you know, making that proactive move and, and kind of figuring out what you need to be um, creative, happy, um, you know, challenged. That's so good. I know that this translates and carries forward into how you lead those that are on your team and have across the years. So how do you keep encouraging those that you, that you mentor and that you support and that are on, on your team to do the same thing? Because and I just happen to know this about Catherine, right? But you have a lot of, of team members who come in at various points in their career. And sometimes you see higher levels of attrition. You've done a lot to maintain that. But for some of the leaders that I work with where they see a predictable amount of turnover, how do you keep that engagement? How do you 
make those connections and build your network with those that you lead so that they can be like supportive contacts for the rest of, of their career and, and yours. Well, I, and I would say also that's, that's, that's a huge challenge, right? A huge challenge is being a really good leader right? um, because sometimes you, you aren't paid in the ways that you want to be paid in um, and you have to be okay with that. So I, to explain that a little bit better, um, I have a really amazing team and, and built a team over the course of seven years that has changed dramatically. Um, who I started with seven years ago is not who I have today. Um, and what, what I've done is, is, you know, supported, I've supported them, I've trained them, developed them, invested in them, um, ensured that, that I've tapped into the things they're interested in, that I've, um, that I've provided opportunities for them to be successful, to grow, so that they are ready to take the next step. Um, it's important to me that I am leading people who want to lead um, and, and or who want to, to, to always be challenged, who always want to, to do more, um, grow more. Um, that tends to be a, a characteristic of my team, which also means, as Tara alluded to, I can, I, you know, I often turn over people every couple of years. Um, so that's where, you know, I said, sometimes you don't get paid off, you know, for, for the efforts that you put in. I would love to keep the people I have forever, but I recognize I can't. Um, but it does not mean I'm not going to continue to invest in them and, and to support their successes. And the benefit of that is now this network that I've had that I've built that's for me is now a network that I can share because I have all of these people that have been in, in my, you know, in this universe with me that are now going out there and doing awesome things. Um, but just, you know, going back to kind of the original question, I mean, I just am really, for some reason, I've been really good at tapping into what people want and need and expect in a, in a position. And I've been really good at putting opportunities in, in front of those um, to, to keep them challenged and motivated. And I've also been really successful in creating a, a career ladder within um, advising uh, at, at my university. And so I'm, I do everything I can to keep them uh, you know, where they are right now, but I also support, um, you know, their successes. And, and I tell them every day, I want them to be me or higher. Like I, I am here to get them wherever they want to go. I love that. For a leader who might feel intimidated by that, what advice would you give them? Like if they felt scared or, or potentially threatened by those that are coming up behind them, what would you share with them? I think that it's, you know, I, 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 my frame of reference always is who, how I was directed and how I was managed and where it was successful for me and where it was challenging for me. And, um, you know, not to, to make this a, a gender thing, but it, it is very challenging to be um, a, a female in higher education. And I never want to be the person that makes it challenging or difficult for someone else. I always want to empower and, and make it better because I know what, what I've had to do to, to get where I am in the, in the, in the fights that I've had to, to make and the bruises that I often have um, to get where I am. And so I don't want to do that to someone else. I, I want to pave um, I want to pave the way so that they can, they can continue forward. 
I love that you really are creating a new future and you're disrupting generations of, of bias and, and unfair treatment. Catherine, what about somebody who's in, new in their leadership career, right? Like maybe leading a team for the first time or stepping into a new stretch role. What would you want them to know <laughs> inside <laughs> of themselves to help them be successful? <laughs> I mean, pay attention to pain points, definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's incredibly important. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I never react, right? You, you, you really do have to take some time. Um, I, I just, I have some rules in place. I don't write emails after 3 p.m. because I, I'm, I'm tired, I'm not paying attention. I never respond to anything that is aggressive to me in an aggressive way. I always take a few minutes to think about what is really the message or content in this email or this phone call. Um, you know, I always, always just take that deep breath before I, um, I, I do anything. Um, I don't yet yeah, just thinking about, you know, not reacting, but, it, but, you know, just being present. I think it's really important to listen. I think it's really important to admit when you're wrong, especially as a leader. I think probably the team I work with has learned more from me because I'm transparent and I am quick to um, apologize if I've made an error in judgment or if I've, you know, said something that I didn't, you know, that was not correct. Um, you know, if I've said this policy says this and it's wrong, I'm very quick to say I was wrong because I think you got to mimic, you've got to mimic leadership. And um, I'm really good, you know, I think you need to learn how to diffuse situations, um, you know, really thinking about keeping the team together. And um, I think you've got to figure out what your strengths are because that's what you're bringing as a leader. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I know where I have, um, you know, I know my skill set and I know that I try to surround myself with really competent, very intelligent people that can support um, and, and be successful. So, you know, those are things that I just pay attention to. Love that. How will you know when you retire and set out on your next set of adventures, how will you know that you've been successful at what you're doing? Well, I think that, you know, success in, in my world is, is viewed in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, that's a, that's a hard question, Tara, because I, I always say, you know, I'm ready for another adventure. I think I have a few more years in me, and then I think I am ready for a new adventure. But I think that success for me now is measured very differently than probably when I started, um, I always think of um, the team that I work with and where they are. And, um, you know, I think that would, would be a huge point of success for me if somebody on my team was hired in my position when I left. I, I think that that would be pretty, pretty fantastic and a huge compliment. Oh, Catherine, that's a beautiful testament to what leadership can be. And the leadership that I hear you talking about and that I've seen you demonstrate. All right. If, <laughs> as you were preparing for this and thinking about all the things you wanted to share with our audience, is there anything that you wanted to share that we haven't gotten to yet? What else would you want them to know? I just, um, I think really the only other thing, you know, I, I think it's really important that as leaders, we work on ourselves every day, um, that we continue to challenge ourselves in, in different ways. 
Um, you know, I want to learn something new every day. I want to, to leave every day and know that, um, you know, that was a good day. I, I, I really, and, and I know this sounds so cliche, but it, I, I really don't have bad days. I've, I've told you this, Tara, I really don't have bad days. I, you know, every day I make, I'm, I'm, you know, it's important to me that I say hi to everybody, that I thank them at the end of the day, especially when it's been really busy. I mean, this is our second week of classes. Last week was crazy. And at the end of every day, I, I went to everyone's office and I said, thank you so much. You were amazing today. You really just rose above and beyond. And I just appreciate you so much. And I think that, you know, oftentimes that is, is a way to really keep a team um, together and, and moving forward is just knowing that the person that has pulled them together appreciates the work that, um, that they contribute. So, you know, those were, so growing every day, challenging yourself every day, you know, um, you know, just making sure you continue to, to work on yourself, but then also just that appreciative piece of your team. I think that's so powerful. And I see so many of us, so many of our clients, so many of people in my life and in the world, like what you're providing your team is for them to feel seen and heard, right? Like, it's not just a thank you. You're like, no, I see you and you made a difference today. That's powerful, powerful leadership, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait to talk with you more on our panels and at the summit live with you. It's, it's just always a joy to get to connect with you. Thank well, you. I look forward to it as well. Thank you so much. This was fun. If you enjoyed this episode, you have got to join me in the Leaders Coaching Mentorship, where you get the coaching, mentoring, and skills that you need to live your most inspired life and to love leading others. Join us today at leaderscoachingmentorship.com.